Hi, this is a production of Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska, where our mission is to bring Christ's hope, healing, and wholeness to our community and to our world. Our service times are 9 and 11 each Sunday morning. Find out more at www.communitycovenant.net. Again, the scripture reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 21. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died, and he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself In Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Blessed is the word of the Lord. Go ahead and take that with you. Well, we have a very, very special guest with us today, but really not a guest. She's a part of our Community Covenant family. Uh, You might recall a couple of weeks ago, we had the mission team that went to Hooper Bay here, and we did some interviews. Well, uh, Pastor Sharice Earhart was one of them. Uh, Pastor Sharice, come on up, as I just want to brag on you a little bit, okay? Uh, You might recall that... uh, I had the opportunity to share with you about Pastor Sharice and how she was selected uh, with uh, President John Wenrick's 30 for 30. You might have that uh, picture up. There it is. Uh, that's, uh, that is a cover of one of our covenant publications. And those are the 30 leaders who have been identified in our denomination um, that are all around the age of 30, some a little younger, some a little older, but they've been identified because uh, they are leaders, and they're identified as future leaders as well uh, in our denomination. 
and Pastor Sharice is one of them. There's another slide here. Here's her glamour shot. There you go. Okay. You can see she lives in Unilakleet, uh, at Unilakleet Covenant Church, and she's a youth pastor there. She's been a featured speaker at our Alaska Conference Women's Retreat. She also um, spoke at our conference annual meeting. Uh, she's a gifted teacher, but more importantly, uh, she has a heart for Jesus and for people to know him. Uh, I consider her uh, a friend, but also a very respected colleague. You've heard me say before, uh, when I grow up, I want to be more like Pastor Heather. And uh, when I was younger, I wished I'd have been more like Pastor Sharice. Well, you know what? Now I can be like both of them. And uh, they both minister to me. And my prayer today is that you will be ministered to and touched by Pastor Sharice in the same way uh, I have been. So with that, I want to introduce to you my friend and my admired, esteemed colleague, Pastor Sharice. Let's give her a welcome. Thank you, Pastor Todd. It is great to be here uh, back at Community Covenant, and I really look forward to building relationships with this church and with each and every one of you. Uh, it's good to be here. And as you can see on the little slide shot, uh, you can win me over with fried bread anytime. Make fried bread and I will be there. Uh, so yes, a little bit about myself. I currently live in Unicleet, Alaska. It's located in western Alaska and has a population of about 750 people. Uh, I've been there for three years and it has been great and hard and wonderful. There's been a lot of uh, growth and healing uh, in my life, but I really appreciate the community that has been teaching me, who has been a light to me. Um, so I'm thankful for you, Nicletes. I'm thankful to be here. Uh, so today's sermon is titled, Piece by Piece, We Come Together. And as you can recall, uh, our verse today is about reconciliation. And reconciliation, that means to change from one condition to another. That means to be fully changed that means to change mutually. And before I go in to share, uh, share my heart and share Christ's healing in my life and a piece of my story, uh, I, want us, I want to open us up with a word of prayer. Will you pray with me? Lord of all creation, we come before you and we surrender. Distractions, fears, worries, doubts, Lord, whatever is heavy on our heart. And we come before your throne of grace, fully open and hungry for you. I pray your protection upon this time and space. And Lord, I pray that every word I speak be your words, God, and not mine. Lord, I pray more of you and less of me. I thank you for boldness and courage. Thank you for the family of God here. In Jesus' name, amen. So piece by piece, what does that mean? Uh, this picture of mosaic, piece by piece, it comes together and creates this very beautiful picture, each different, each unique, but creating a picture of beautiful kingdom of God. 
just sharing a piece of my story and how Christ has been healing me and changing me, been restoring me and reclaiming what it means to be a child of God, to be created in his image. My identity, uh, something that has been revealed to me in the last couple years, is my identity, my, my purpose uh, has been weighted in how well I performed. How well I performed in sports, how well I performed in school, how well I performed in everyday life, really seeking the um, approval, acceptance of others. And that realization was really eye-opening and was heavy. But I realized that, you know, I love Jesus, but I also love the approval and acceptance of others. But also realizing that's not a thriving life. It weighs you down. It holds you back. But I'm thankful, as I've learned, that God does not grade us. He does not rank us. He loves us and accepts us. So realizing that, and over the last several years, um, having that breakthrough in my life, that inner emotional healing um, to really strive forward and have that freedom of like of being fully accepted by Christ. And at that point, a couple years ago, I thought I had figured everything out about identity. I'm like, sweet, check that off. I know about identity now. But a few years ago, I entered into the Alaska Native Studies program at UAF. My intentions through this, by entering this program were a few things. I wanted to complete my bachelor's. I wanted to attain it through something where I can stay at home, where I can continue to do ministry, uh, and so I can do that online. But as well as an area to grow in my knowledge and awareness of the context I was serving in, of village ministry, of rural Alaska. And although I am Alaska Native, I am Clinkett, uh, I had grown up in the city, grown up in Juneau, lived in Kenai, graduated high school in Anchorage. That was the context I knew. So I grew up very grounded in the Western culture and way of living. But it wasn't until I entered into this program, there was a deeper sense of identity as I learned about Alaska Native history. And the first class I took was the history of Alaska Natives, history of Alaska Natives. And I went in with excitement and learning more and just wanting to be open. And then I realized that the history of Alaska Natives is very hard, very heavy, very broken. There was a lot I did not know. There was a lot I still don't fully understand. And then I realized that this history wasn't just my community. Um, it was my family. It included me. It included the students that I work with. And my intention of getting my bachelor's, all good things, but I was missing the point. And realizing the openness and readiness that I thought I had was not really there. But also realizing Christ was leading me into something deeper. Deeper and richer and knowing my identity in him. These classes that I have been taking discuss generational trauma, cycles of pain. It is a big and painful picture that, again, I didn't realize included me. 
included my family, included my community. But it also spoke of the resiliency of indigenous people. This class served as another step in my identity journey. God made me clink it, and that wasn't a mistake. I've learned through this an opening invitation of learning more what it meant to be clinket, to be a child of God who has made clinket. I've learned that I'm part of the whale clan. They go by clan system. My mom, who is clinket, her dad is from the bear clan. My grandma is from the whale clan. But it's matrilineal, so I take on the clan that my grandma was. That was a really big moment for me to send an email to my corporation and say, here's what I know. Can you tell me what I am? <laughs> and they responded. And I was like, whoa. And I remember seeing it in Clinket, the name of the tribe. Whoa. That is amazing. That is wonderful. That is a gift to know. I was able to share that with my brothers, too, because we did not know. But I'm a child of God who is from the whale clan, and both are good. I've learned about wars and pain, loss of identity, culture, land, names, rights being taken through these classes, through these discussions, through the books that I've read, from hearing from my classmates, from hearing from my teachers, and realizing that was not a part of God's plan. See, God gives, but Satan takes. God helps us see, and Satan tries to blind us. God desires a relationship with us, and Satan wants to isolate us. There's another class that I wanted to share a little bit about as I continue to share a piece of the healing of identity. This class I recently took is called The Politics of Indigenous Identity. It was in the name. It was right there. But this piece of, another piece of the journey that I have been on. And one of the realizations, one thing that I've learned is the history of blood quantum. And that the intention of blood quantum, that means are you full-blooded, three-quarters, quarter, so on, have Alaska Native, Native American blood in you. But the intention with the blood quantum is to vanish Indian blood over time. And over time, as the bloodlines become less and less, the bloodlines would disappear. The race would be no more. And once the race is no more, there is no need to owe back what has been through treaties. So I, once I've learned this, there were stories that would come to mind of interactions or questions I've had with the question, oh, you're Clinket? How native are you? Asking what fraction am I? I didn't really think anything of it. Oh, you know, I'm half. But in recent years, there's been other questions I've had. Oh, you're from Juneau? I thought you were more native than that. There was another one where I told them, I'm Clinket from Juneau. Oh, that's not real native. 
And these are, and those were hard, hard questions. And I didn't really have a response. I just remember the pain, the impact that it felt, and I just kind of carried on. But through this class and through this time to share with others who have wrestled with this has been helpful. Helpful. See, blood quantum, there's this idea of less and less over time. But it also builds up to less than. Fractioned people, not whole. That is not right. And it takes a while to get there. But we are whole because of Christ, complete. And we hear in these verses in 2 Corinthians, we persuade others. That means we lead others continually. We are known to God. The love of Christ holds us together. Christ died for all. All of us. And he was raised from the dead. That promise was fulfilled. So yes, there's generational pain, there's death, there's brokenness. But they don't have the final word. Jesus has the victory. Jesus makes us whole and complete. Not less than. Whole. As we look in Ephesians... We can pull up that slide with the verse on there. And what does it mean for our church, the global church, to be involved in this ministry of reconciliation? You know, we are called the family of God, the body of Christ. And I want to look for just a little bit in Ephesians 3, chapter 14. For this reason... I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I want to take a moment in verse 18. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints. With all. With everyone. That includes all of us. As we look in verse 14, it says, from whom every family in heaven on earth is named. And if you look a little deeper at that word family, I haven't taken Greek, but I'm pretty sure patria is the word, and that is translated. It means a group of families or a whole race, nation, lineage, tribe, race, and clan. Family, together, with all. Christ calls us to love one another. To love God and to love one another. And I'm like, yeah, love others. But then someone cuts me off and I'm like, oh, where's the love? (laughs) Um, But it's little things, you know, that come. But loving one another, it's not easy. But we as people... Are confusing and there's a lot of misunderstanding. Kids back home will say, a raw, real bugging. My gram would say, hi, 
that means, oh geez, with the eye roll, just annoyed. <laughs> There's pain in relationships, but we're not perfect. We're all, we're broken people, but again, we find wholeness in Christ. And again, as we read in these verses in 2 Corinthians 5, it, talks, it says we regard, which means to see, to understand no one by their flesh. We once saw Christ by the flesh. We are made a new person. And Jesus has come. He lives, he heals, he is the Messiah. During these classes, as I listen to my, again, classmates, professors, I discovered the various places where people are in these discussions, in history, in blood quantum, myself included, and sometimes it was bitterness, it was anger, it was confusion, entitlement. But we are all on this journey to learn and to understand more. And it's not wrong for them to have those feelings because the history is hard. It's heavy. But that's where they are. That's where we are in the journey sometimes. But the hope is to prayerfully and lovingly walk with them. Walk with each other. And to share the hope in Christ who can make all things new. And to see that history is not too heavy or too broken for God. Our God is big. Our Jesus has the victory. And during these classes, as I listened to different places people were at, I felt called to ministry, but not to minister to them, but not with constant words, but with listening, but with interceding with grieving with them and learning with them and learning from them and hearing their story. I recently heard someone share, we can know and learn about cultures, but we need to know the individuals. Relationship. Individuals matter. The pathway to mosaic is piece by piece through his peace. And it takes time. And there's a process. There's a learning curve. But there's purpose to every piece. There's purpose to every step. There's intentionality to mold and form together the broken, beautiful pieces into a masterpiece, into kingdom perspective. It's a picture of reconciliation, of coming together and becoming one body and acknowledging one another. In the last couple of years, I've heard these words of challenge and encouragement from pastors that I believe is for us all. One pastor had shared, church, you can't go to something that you are. We are the church. We are family. And sometimes our ministries tend to focus on programs, facilities, and events, which are good, but not focus on people. Being relational is valuable. Serving inward 
is good and it's needed, but serving outward is vital to sharing and living out the gospel. Pastor Louis Giglio, Faith Thrives in Discomfort. Albert Tate, speaker at Chick. There is something bigger than my comfort, his kingdom. Agape, sacrificial zeal that seeks the true good, shalom of another person. And this one, I believe, is an African proverb. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. We want to go far for the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God to come here on earth, right? We are better together. There's a story. My first summer at Bible camp, eight years ago, I was sharing my testimony for the first time. And in my nerves and in my restlessness, I share with one individual I'm sharing tonight, and I'm nervous. Can you pray? And this man did. And I noticed right before I went up, he was eventually sitting on the side, but as I go up to share, he moves to the front. And I look, and he is in this posture of prayer. He moved to the front and was praying. And I remember seeing that, like, okay, here we go. Army of love. I've gotten this bracelet, which says, Prayer is love at war. The army of love. And as we read in these, and learn in these verses, it talks about all of this. All that we have been given is from God. God has given us this service, this ministry of reconciliation. We see that God, we read that God is changing the world through his son, Jesus Christ. We see that God did not count our sins against us. There is no record of wrongs. The army of love. In Ephesians 10, it talks about putting on the armor of God because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world. So put on the armor of God. Put on your helmet of salvation. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the belt of truth. Take up your shield of faith and the sword of the Spirit, which is your word, and allow your feet to be fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Armor of God. Let this keep that well oiled with prayer. We walk through valleys. We hit peaks. And we extinguish flaming darts of Satan. And battle is brutal. It is messy. And we get banged up. But we can come to Lord in prayer and be cleansed, washed clean, and our armor repaired. Because God keeps us going because he still has a desire to use us for his glory. I have these pictures. If you can pull them up, please. Pictures of prayer. Of putting on the armor and standing with our brothers and sisters through prayer, through listening, through seeing, and being open, allowing our eyes to see the reality, to no longer constantly crave our own comfort, but to seek courage in reaching out, and not for ourselves, but for Christ's reconciliation's work, for that ministry. 
We don't really know until we go and enter into these hard places. These two pictures, one army of love, and the second one is prayer and love at war. And I want to share why, quickly, why I chose these pictures is because God has given me a picture of what does it look like when we just feel defeated or down, and what does it look like to place our shield of faith next to our brothers and sisters, knowing that they are not alone, that we are not battling alone, that we can come together side by side, and we're not fighting each other, we're fighting the enemy. And just as Jesus has stood in the gap between God and us, let us stand in the gap for each other, for the church, for the kingdom of God. Let us intercede and stand beside each other with our shield of faith. Prayer is love at war. Satan looks to divide, but God invites us into the army of love to fight for each other and not against. God invites us to take up our shield of faith and not defensiveness. Let us know that this piece-by-piece mosaic picture of relationships between each other is not one that is rushed, but we trust the gradual work of God. In 2 Corinthians 5, it talks about entrusting. That means to place something in the heart or spirit to purpose entrusting us with this gift. And because of this gift, and because of Jesus, and because of this message we believe, we are ambassadors. We are representatives for Christ wherever we go. And what is the message? We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is brokenness, but there is hope, healing, and wholeness in Christ. And to know that we each have a part in this ministry of reconciliation. We are called to represent Christ wherever we go. And may we go and be a learner, be a listener, and be prayerful, and engage and face any brokenness within ourselves in our churches, within our history, and with our world, with the hope that is found only in Christ, because he heals by making us new. My closing prayer for us today. You can pray with me. Lord, form us into a family that runs deeper than biology or nationality or ethnicity a family that is born again in you. And may we be people who do not accept the world as it is, but insist on becoming what you, Lord, want it to be. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. What a good word. What a timely word. What an important word for us um, as we do endeavor to be ministers of reconciliation, to bring Christ's hope and his healing and his wholeness wherever we go, wherever we go. You know, Pastor Sharice said that uh, the enemy wants us to feel less than, but Jesus wants us to be fully alive, fully alive. Uh, The enemy came 
what? To kill, to steal, and to destroy. And he focuses in on our identity when he does that. But Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly to be fully alive as we identify ourselves with his life, with his death, and his resurrection. And so this morning as we come to the Lord's table, we are reminded of the reconciling work of God through his son, Jesus Christ. On the night before he went to the cross, he, he gathered his disciples for a meal. And he, and he took something that was rather common, bread, but he used it for an extraordinary purpose. He took it and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. As often as you eat this, eat this in remembrance of me. Later on, he, he took the cup and pouring it out, he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. As often as you drink from this cup, drink in remembrance of me. So that whenever we eat the bread and we drink from the cup, we declare Christ's sacrifice until he comes again. Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ is coming again. And there will be a day when we are gathered with all people from all nations, all tongues and tribes and nations, worshiping our Lord together. That's that beautiful mosaic that Pastor Sharice reminded of us today. But until then, we live as ministers of reconciliation. That people might get a taste, a picture of what God has in store for us for all eternity. This morning, as you come forward to take communion, anyone who is a follower of Jesus, or anyone today, perhaps for the first time, says, Jesus, I want to follow you. I recognize who you are, your sacrifice for my sins. I want the new life that you've promised, and, and I, want to, I want to live for you in the world to make a difference for your kingdom. You're welcome. You're welcome to come to the table. But before we come, let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. The one who takes us when we're feeling less than and makes us more than. More than we could expect or even imagine. Fully whole because we found life 
to its fullest in the one who shed his blood for us, our Savior Jesus. Father, this morning as we come to this table, may we come and encounter Christ in a new, in a, in a fresh, in a powerful way. May we come to this table as whole people, celebrating the life that is found only in Him. But Father, may we leave this table as a united people, fully whole and identified with Him, that we might be His ministers of reconciliation in a world that desperately needs His hope and His healing in his wholeness. Father, bless us as we come that we might bless others as we go. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. When you come up and you take the cracker and you then take the cup, I'm going to invite you just to to eat the cracker whenever you're ready, but then hold on to the cup, and we're going to drink that together as a sign of our unity in Christ. So please, come. Come to the Lord's table.